mean, for losers, I gotta go the whole league for the lockout thing. All right, welcome to Clubhouse Convos, episode number 41. It's your host, Colin Scully, joined today by special guest. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Great start for Colin. Fuck the lag. <laughs> Did anybody hear that? No. Nope, not a word. Damn it. All right, I'll just cut that out. All right, welcome to episode 41 of Clubhouse Convos. It's your host, Colin Scully. Joined today by special guest Jason Ward, friend of the pod. Been on before, coming on to talk some baseball. Jason, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. What's up, guys? What's going on? Not much. Boys, how are we doing? Fresh off the gridiron pod? Mm -hmm. Pretty good. It's our long day of talking. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, You guys ready to jump? Oh. Real quick, before we jump into baseball, just have to say, Tiger Woods is back. It's great. That's all I want to say. All right, let's jump into some baseball. Um, let's talk Red Sox first. So we've signed James Paxton, Michael Waka, and who's the other guy that I'm fucking forgetting? Rich Hill. Rich Hill. And then the Renfro JBJ trade. Um, so, Jason, what are your thoughts on the offseason so far? We've already talked about it before. Um, I mean, I liked it up until the Renfro trade. <laughs> um, I like the James Paxson move. Um, I think that he still has some left in the tank and if he's healthy, he can be really good. Um, Michael Walker, whatever, Rich Hill, great to have him back for like the seventh time. Um, they're all good, like Heim Bloom signings. Like they're not gonna like shock the world, but they all have great potential to work out. Um, then that Renfro trade, that, that one was... <laughs> I remember I got that notification and I was, you have to be joking. Like, no, no way they just traded Renfro. And then I see that they traded him for JBJ and that was just like another slap in the face. Like, I mean, I like JBJ, like as a person, I thought we were just done with him as a player, like the, the 200 batting average and swing and misses it pitches down the middle. Like I thought we were over that, but like, I don't know. <laughs> I was also a big Renfro guy. Um, so that really stung to see him go. People are saying that he's just like a one-year like wonder, and that's why we traded him. But the dude is jacked and super talented, and I think that it was a mistake to let him go. Um, but, I mean, we did get prospects, so like whatever. I, I, don't know. I, I still don't like it, but, yeah. I agree with you. I, I think I share the same thoughts. I, I, I'm giving Heim the benefit of the doubt, though. Uh, you haven't met Dan, who's a member of our football podcast, and he hates Bloom, But I, I think it's reasonable to give him the benefit of the doubt because, like, you think about the way Tampa's roster has been historically structured. Guys like Renfro role players are in and out constantly. Like, Tampa never – there's never any sort of fan attachment in Tampa, so they don't have to worry about who they get rid of every year. So this is nothing new for him. Like, I, I think he's just building the roster how he sees fit. 
I don't love the move, but like the lockout happened 20 minutes later. So he has no way to answer for this. Like there's going to be a new right fielder. It's not going to be JBJ. He's not going to play every day. I think there's more moves to come and you got to give him a chance before you jump down his throat. I mean, if this is what it takes to get Kyle Schwarber back, then I'm all for it. Like as much as I love Renfro, I'll take um, losing Renfro to get Schwarber back. If we don't get Schwarber back, like if our outfield stays as um, Verdugo, JBJ, Kike or whatever, I'm not really going to be happy with that. Um, I really think that this move should be to get Kyle Schwarber back. Um, and if it's not, then I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be upset. Like Kyle Schwarber belongs in Boston. And if you're trading, I guess this is just a personal attack for me because I love Hunter Renfro and I love Kyle Schwarber. So if I don't get either of them, I'm just going to be really upset, but. It's still like they're good baseball players, so you got to have one. I have some thoughts on that, but I'll let Evan jump in so I can tell you. Yeah, yeah, I was going to ask you a question. So, obviously, like, J.D. Martinez stays in Boston, right? Because, granted, it wasn't really in our control. Now, was he kind of the one guy? Like, I know within the contract he had that decision. He decided to opt in. If you had it in, like, in your world, and you could get like kind of two out of the three, which you've said, all right, like I want to keep Renfro, like just because we thought we were going to keep him and Schwarber. And would you rather have had JD Martinez be that odd guy out? That's, that's a good question. Um, and I honestly think I would rather have Renfro and Schwarber and have JD as the odd man out just because like, obviously JD Martinez is a great baseball player, but his contract is significantly larger than Hunter Renfro. He also has had more injury problems. Um, and in terms of like value for what you're paying them, I think Hunter Renfro has a little bit more value because he is getting paid so much less. Um, he's also younger. Janie Martinez is getting up there in age. And again, has had the injury problems. There were many times where his back spasms, back problems um, got to him last season. And who knows how that's going to progress. So, like, I mean, again, Jaden Martinez is a great baseball player, and he even like he's like a second hitting coach for the team, which is definitely invaluable. But I just think that I I was kind of hoping that JD opted out, um, and it doesn't surprise me that he didn't because he's getting paid a lot of money. <laughs> um, but yeah, like if in a perfect world, if it was somehow in my control, I would have let JD go and kept Renfro and Schwarber. Newman, do you have anything? No, I 100% agree. I would take Renfro and Schwarber over JD any day. I think generally, as as the Mariners fan, I'm a huge fan of the Paxton signing. I think he's got a lot to prove. I think he can still sling it uh, as long as he stays healthy. And I feel like, you know, my roommates are big Sox fans. We were all kind of pissed over the Renfro deal. And then we went into lockout, so I don't really know. I Like, there has to be something else in the works. If there's not, I'd be pissed because, like, you can't just do that and expect everyone, all the Sox fans, to live with that. So, I mean, like you said, if Schwarber comes back, then fine. I'm fine with that. But if there's nothing else happening, I'd be pretty pissed. To me, prior to Renfro being moved, there was no room for Schwarber on this team. And, and it's not that I didn't like him. It's just I didn't see his road to playing every day without either sitting J.D., Bobby Dahlbeck, or Hunter Renfro. And I don't think you want to sit any of those three guys if you have them. Bobby's young. He needs the reps. He obviously can get very hot and be very productive. We saw that at the beginning of last year and then towards the end, obviously in the playoffs, not so much. Um, 
But now with right field open, I mean, my my golden golden ticket here is Nick Castellanos. I would love Nick Castellanos. Anybody else think that's possible? Or do you think they're going for a second baseman like Story or possibly Correa somehow, like reports have shown? Well, would you want Castellanos over Schwarber? Absolutely. I, I would think have, it's even close. I would have to agree with you on that, Colin. I'm a huge Castellanos guy. I think he's an easy 300 hitter, and he's shown continuous improvement from year to year. Granted, Cincinnati, we know, Great American Ballpark, Big Hitters Park. But like, he's really – So is Fenway. No, I'm talking about, like, uh, with Cincinnati. Yeah, and so is Fenway. I'm saying he'd be a great fit. That's he why. Would be. I completely agree. Doubles machine, hits homers, 300 for sure. And I think I would kind of want him over a guy like Schwarber, who who did prove to be pretty streaky. Granted, down the stretch when we had him in the playoff run, we were lucky because that was almost like, like not to the extent of his run in June, but he was hot. He was not cold, and especially in the playoffs. So I think we got Schwarber at the right time where it's like we got the best of him. Right. But like if we had him for the whole year, it would have probably been a little different, a, a little bit more streaky. Well, Castellanos is pretty steady, 300 all the way. Um, but I think it's like it's a completely uh, debatable question. And I think, you know, it's good to have different opinions. I mean, one thing I'd say about Schwarber's the best of him is this year as a whole, like his, his career numbers are nothing like what he did this year, which makes me a little questionable bringing him back long term. Uh, Jason, I'm curious to think what you think Kyle Schwarber would be worth if he came back to the Red Sox. What's a contract you'd like? Um, I mean, that's the thing is I don't think it's really that crazy or unreasonable. I think I saw, <clears throat> I saw a report that said he was looking for three years, $60 million, I think. Um, and that's about what I'd probably want to give him is about $20 million a year. Um, not a super long deal. And I think that makes him really affordable for the Red Sox. I'm not really sure what – Castellanos is looking for. Um, you did kind of convince me there, though. I kind of am now on the Castellanos train. I Way think more. that, um, yeah, he definitely fits better than Schorber. And the Red Sox have been talking about how they want to get a right-handed bat. He is a right-handed bat. So maybe that's what the Red Sox are planning here. Maybe that's why they traded Renfro. Um, and if that is the case, I will be fully supporting it. I seriously don't think a Trevor Story, like a small – let's win a couple titles deal is not out of the realm of possibilities because yeah. they have, they have the middle infield prospects coming in. Like we talked about Semyon a lot before he signed about how he would be a great fit, but term wise, you don't want to commit seven years to Semyon when you have those two young guys we just drafted uh, mayor and York. So it doesn't make sense to commit seven years, but something three or four would be perfect. Real quick, while well, Jason's blowing yeah. his nose, I would <laughs> say, um, like the thing is, like, st- like how many years would Story want? I guess is the question, right? Like, well, I'm I'm saying you give him fucking three years for ninety million. You give him way more than he would be worth, but it's in the hopes of winning a title, and and that's why he's taking less years. Interesting. He'd, he'd still be what thirty, thirty one. If that, when that contract ended, he'd still be in, in line for another payday. That's true. I think he I, wants like a six-year thing anyway. Yeah, so I, I don't, know. I don't, I don't know. If yeah, <clears throat> that's the problem is I just don't know what his market is. Like if there's other teams out there <clears throat> willing to give him six, seven years, then I that's not going to happen, obviously. But um, 
I mean, he's 29. MLB is in a lockout right now. Like, maybe we'll come out of this lockout and the Red Sox will be like, here's 35 million a year for two, three years. Take it or leave it. And then he takes it and we have an elite second baseman for the next few years. So I could see that happening. And I mean, the Red Sox said, or there's a report that said the Red Sox were one of the three teams interested in him. So you never know what can happen and you never know what Bloom's thinking up there. So, yeah, both uh, Story and Schwarber are on our predictions list for a little later. So we won't go too far in depth on them. Uh, but uh, let's hear everybody's three winners, whether it's a team, a player, a contract you really liked, three winners before the lockout <clears throat> occurred. Uh, let's start with Newman. We're just doing winners? Or... Yeah, we'll start with winners. All right, my three winners, I have the Mets, I have the Rangers, and I have the Marlins. Uh, Mets just signed a lot of dudes. They bring in Scherzer. Steve Cohen kind of makes it splashed. Instead of just going to Twitter, he actually does something. Um, so I feel like if Lindor can get his head on his shoulders, they'd be a pretty good team. The Rangers just spent fucking a half billion dollars on their middle infield. It's, like, it's good to be a Rangers fan. I feel like that team has been shit uh, for a little bit now. And the Marlins, I loved the Garcia signing and the Sandy extension. So I feel like I'm glad to see them not get complacent sitting in last place. They're actually going out and doing something. So I, I like those those bottom teams actually fucking making a difference Ev, what about you yeah so my big winner is max scherzer um kind of with the control that he finds himself in right now obviously got a huge payday right so that's number one that's why he's a big winner but also now it seems like they're taking what he has to say into consideration he wants buck showalter as the manager seems like it's something that uh cohen would you know be willing to at least listen to like he's got a lot of power there um, and I think he's in a good spot to where uh, the Mets could do a lot next year. I think that they'll win the division. Um, so he's my first winner. Mets are my second winner, staying in there. Uh, lots of good signings. I like Mark Hanna a lot. I uh, had a really good start to the year, kind of fell off a little bit towards the end, but I think he's a solid hitter. Escobar got traded, obviously, to Milwaukee uh, mid-year at the deadline last year. He had a really good uh, short stint there. Um, Starling Marte, some of us have talked about that was like, Colin, I think you said what the best favorite signing, signing. your favorite signing. Uh, that was the splash and obviously max. So they're making moves, which I think is important given, uh, the way that last year went. And then Newman said, Texas, I'm gonna have to agree with them. Uh, just to get Semyon and John Gray, really. I mean, that's just, that's a huge win for me from a team who was last place. Jason. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, mine's pretty similar. Um, the Rangers, for sure. I mean, their their middle infield now is insane. They they spent a fortune on those guys before the uh, lockout happened. Mets again. Um, that Max Scherzer deal is great. I mean, having Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer in the same rotation is very scary. Um, and then I was trying to come up with a third one here, and I have a I have a wild card one here. Clint Frazier for finally getting out of the Yankees organization. He might actually get some kind of playing time and might actually like maybe make a name for himself or he'll just show that he is a bust and the Yankees were right. So, but at least he's gone from the Yankees. So yeah. He's uh, happy about it on Twitter. Absolutely. I got to go away from the Rangers. They're obviously a winner, but everyone else is taking them. So I'll take three different guys. Uh, I'm going to go first Chicago Cubs. Uh, I really love the Stroman signing. That's huge for them. Still be able to lure one of the biggest pieces left on the market, even with that team kind of in the middle of a rebuild or contention. They can't really decide. That's a huge signing. 
um, to get them trending upwards. Seattle Mariners are on my list. I really like the Robbie Ray signing and the Adam Frazier deal was one of the more underrated moves. I thought if he returns to his Pittsburgh form, that's a huge move for Seattle for very little. And third is Carlos Correa. Uh, while his suitors have definitely shrunk, his money has increased exponentially. If Seager got 10 for 325, I think Correa's got to be looking for 400. Um, so if he gets that, he's my third winner. Let's hear losers. Uh, let's go in reverse order. Jason, we'll go to you first. I mean, for losers, I got to go the whole league for the lockout thing. Like, I, it's just so stupid. Like, let's just figure it out, like, talk it out, make a deal, and let's get back to signing guys, trading guys, and get back to baseball happening. I mean, especially if this, like, lingers into like playing time at all if it lingers into spring training or the season they're going to be the biggest losers because that's just ridiculous um so they're definitely at the top of my losers list in a nice bold font um other losers i mean i don't i don't know where else to go beyond the league really um i mean i'll toss the toss the yankees in there this was a while ago but for bringing back Aaron Boone. I, I don't really know why they thought that was a good idea. I feel like there are so many better options out there and they've been doing nothing with Boone and Boone is a bonehead. And I mean, I'm happy about it because it means we can keep um, showing them up, but I, <laughs> I just do not understand the thought process there behind bringing him back. Um, I honestly don't have a third one. Those are my two. So there you go. All right. Let's go to Evan. Well, kind of unrelated, just on Aaron Boone. I know his dad, like, was with Wash, like, with the Nationals or something, and he got fired or something because he didn't get the the shot. So just kind of a, I don't know. I just thought that was funny to note. Uh, my first loser, Philadelphia Phillies, uh, just because I think you're competing with the Mets. You see what the Mets did, and you see what the Phillies have done. It's just nothing comparable. Uh, I think there were a lot of expectations with the Phillies that they would maybe sign Castellanos or Chris Bryant. Granted, they're still there, but as of right now, it's a tough spot for them. My second uh, loser is Chris Woodward with the Texas Rangers, the manager. I think he's one of the worst managers in baseball. And now there's pressure on him to at least perform, which will they next year? No, I still think Texas is probably the worst team in that uh, division. Although Oakland's <coughs> kind of come out of nowhere and just fallen mightily. So uh, that's kind of something to keep an eye out. But Chris, remember Wood when I had them winning the AL West when Jason was on the podcast? Yes, I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then lastly, my just my third loser is just baseball in general, but kind of for a different reason that Jason said. Obviously, the lockout sucks. Uh, we'll get into that stuff in a bit, but just because, for example, Robbie Ray, who won the AL Cy Young is a free agent and signs with a different team. And why is there not like more news coverage about that? Like granted, I know it's I, all right. For example, like let's just say something like this happened in the NBA where it's like some guy who won a big award, like say even like sixth man of the year, which is nothing comparable to the AL Cy Young signs somewhere else. That's a huge news story, but Robbie Ray, it just felt like it didn't get the coverage that it deserved. So baseball for just not, it's not even baseball's fault. It's partly the media, but uh, I just thought that was kind of an L. That's a great shout-out, Evan. That is a great shout-out. Your losers? 
Yeah, my first loser, I will keep on the trend. It's the MOB. Um, I feel like we were reaching the, the peak of free agency and even like casual fans were starting to, to tune in and it was really good for baseball. And then with this lockout just kind of smacked everyone in the face. Now we have no no free agency. No one's watching anymore. And like when it finally comes back, I feel like no one's going to really care anymore. And that's not good for baseball. I have the Yankees on there. They've not done anything yet. I mean, I know Correa's still out there. He's a big fish story. But they're probably going to lose Rizzo, and they lost Frazier. They haven't really done anything yet. They said they were going to be big spenders. Uh, and I threw the Blue Jays on there. Like, seeing Ray get five mil more than Gosman kind of hurts them. I mean, like, for them not to bring back Ray, they lose Semyon. They didn't get a really viable replacement for him yet. And then watching Seager go over to, to fucking Texas, I was, like, a little upset that at least Toronto wasn't even in on him a little bit. So I threw them on as my third loser. Yeah, I'll stick with the trend. I have Manfred on here. I know it's like not necessarily his fault, but this just continues to look bad for the MLB. And obviously he's the face of the league. Um, he's one of my losers. We'll talk about him a little later. I also have the Blue Jays, to Newman, your point. As much as I love Kevin Gosman, definitely on my boyfriend list, uh, to not give Robbie Ray like five extra million he just won the Cy Young, and you're going to bring Gosman, a guy who had known issues, back to the AL East on a huge deal. It's like it just seems counterintuitive by Toronto. And, again, the loss of Semyon, like I know you gave money to Barrios, but I'd easily take Ray and Semyon over Barrios and Gosman. Like no offense to those two guys, but I just think Semyon and Ray are outstanding in their position. It's hard to give them up and still look at your team – as if you've gotten better so far. Um, and lastly, Detroit Tigers. Uh, I hate the Javi Baez signing. Talked about that earlier. I don't like Javi Baez at all. But I also feel like Erod, 5 for 77, is a little bit of a spend uh, for a guy who's not really going to help your team. Like, he comes in there and joins, like, a bunch of three and four starters just like him. Like, I just don't see where the resources are being properly spent by Detroit like they have a lot of other holes I don't think you need to pay another third starter a lot of money like that so they're my third loser um, let's transition now into some predictions for the remaining uh, free agents when the lockout ends first on the list is Carlos Correa I think this guy's going to be interesting kind of seems like his market has shrunk to basically the Dodgers or some sort of team that uh, nobody really sees coming. So, Newman, where do you got Correa going? Yeah, I have the Yankees. I don't think they're willing to go the 10-year route, but I feel like his list of suitors is so small. I feel like they're going to have to to eventually cave, which would be weird to see him in pinstripes, but I think that makes the most sense for me. Um, I got Carlos Correa to the Chicago Cubs. I just think this would be a good fit. And personally, like, he can't go to the Yankees, right? Like, just with all the beef there. Like, Yankees fans, when he would step up to, to the plate, just boo the shit out of him. And now they're supposed to like him if he signs there. I feel like that would just be weird. I feel like he would not want to play there. But I could be wrong. Money talks, right? Um, I think the Cubs would be interesting. Cubs were in a tough spot. Obviously, like, last year didn't go how they wanted to. But obviously, like Colin noted, the Stroman signing was really good. And I think you can start to, like, bring in some more pieces. It's a big market. Uh, I would like to see him play there you know, at Wrigley. Yeah, <clears throat> I think I'm going to agree with you with the Cubs. Um, I think that he does fit there, especially with Javi Baez gone now. I also don't think he's going to go to the Yankees because I just 
I don't know. I just feel like the Yankees aren't going to do it. I feel like he's not going to want to go there. Um, a sneaky, like, under-the-radar team that I think could sign Correa is the Red Sox. I think he has that connection with Alex Cora, and I think the Red Sox have a clear spot for him at second base or even shortstop if they move Xander to second or third. Or, I don't know. Um, but they need a middle infielder. Um, he's got that connection to Cora, and I think the Red Sox could make that happen. I don't know how I would feel about that because I don't love Carlos Correa as a person, but, I mean, he is a good baseball player. Um, so I'd keep an eye out for that. But I do have the Cubs as my favorite right now. Yeah, the Cubs are an interesting case. I, I didn't really consider them. Obviously, the Red Sox, I agree with you, Jason. I think there's an obvious fit. I don't know how much it fits long-term for the Red Sox, um, but it's certainly a possibility. I have them going to the Angels. Uh, they're kind of my sleeper team, another big market team in L.A. Everybody knows they want to spend. They have to get Mike Trout a fucking ring before he retires. Nobody will ever root for the Angels again if they don't. So don't now's the time. If Correa is still available and, like, as we've said, his market has shrunk, what's to stop you? Like, just fucking spend the money. You need a shortstop. It's a huge bat in the lineup. Imagine Trout, Otani, Rendon, Correa, Walsh. Um, fucking who else am I forgetting? Well, that's probably the best top five in the league. But also Fletcher. That's a great fucking five. Yep. You got Fletcher. Fletcher. Uh, I'm trying to think who else they got, but is Justin Adele, Marsh. Joe Adele, yeah. Joe Adele. Yeah. Like that's a great team if you can make that happen. And they have the money. Like, why not? I like the fit there. Uh the next guy on the list, Chris Bryant, seemingly has probably the biggest market. Uh everybody wants Chris Bryant. Newman, what you have for Chris Bryant? I'll make the case for my team, the Mariners. I think there's a glaring need in left field, given the injury concerns of Kyle Lewis. I think he would slide in and play with Kelnick and Hanniger, and he can flip over to play third uh, when Toro is not playing third. Um, so I think there's a, a need at those two spots. He fills it. I know they're in on him. I would love it if they went and got him. He's a great right-handed bat. I hope they get him. What about a contract, Newman? Whatever it takes, Jerry. Go get him, Jerry. <laughs> Um, I'm going to say the Mets just because I feel like it's the off season of the Mets. Even after they signed those four big players, they were still rumored to be in on Chris Bryant. I don't know. I'm just not going to doubt what they're, what they're doing. I think they want to get as many players as possible. And I think it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, <clears throat> I got the Mets too. I think uncle Steve is crazy up there and he, he wants to spend money. He wants to bring in, um, as many guys as possible to finally have a successful season. And I think he kind of fits with the team. I can kind of see him in a Mets uniform. And so, yeah, I got the Mets for Chris Bryant. Yeah, I think there's definitely a fit. I think Uncle Steve throws Chris Bryant like 150 million little fucking coupons. And Chris <laughs> Bryant becomes a Met. Uh, so yeah, I have Bryant to the Mets as well. Uh, this one was uh, another difficult one. Carlos Rodon. Really no noise on him prior to lockout. Um, so what do you have, Newman? This is the one where I have no prediction, so come back to me while I... All right, Ev? <laughs> My prediction is California, um, specifically either the, the Dodgers or the Angels. Um, again, not much. I mean, Radon coming off a good year, but he's just the injury concerns are always there with this guy. So I'd probably lean Dodgers, especially with the loss of Kershaw likely to happen, but 
I'll just say California in general. So I have better odds to get it correct. And also Jason's on the phone. So I think you can go call. Yeah, I took, uh, I'm going to take Texas here. I think they're spending money kind of like the offseason of the Mets. I think it's been somewhat of an offseason of the Rangers with the Seager and Semyon up the middle. You spend half a billion on those guys. You bring in uh, John Gray. Like, why not bring in another starter? You need one. Uh, Rodone's probably the best lefty arm left out there, probably the best arm in general left out there. I think it's a good fit. There's a need. It makes sense. They have the money. If Rodon can get a longer contract for more money than a team like, say, the Dodgers are willing to give him, then maybe it's a good fit for him. What you do you think about, like, back. real quick? Um, yeah, new, actually, Newman go, and then I just am curious about what you guys think about Kershaw anyway. Yeah, so I am, I'm going to pick the Cubs, actually. So just lost Stroman. I know they're in on Yusei Kikuchi, and he blows. So let's get them a better left-hander than Kikuchi. Rodon is a way better pitcher. Um, and I, I don't know. I think he'd look good with the Cubs. That's a good fit. Stays in Chicago, which is a huge draw. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Kershaw, I, I kind of see back to the Dodgers eventually. You don't think that – I mean, Newman, what do you think? I don't know. Yeah, I, I think he – Back to the Dodgers makes sense. It'd be cool to see him pitch somewhere else, but I think Philly would be a good landing spot for him. Yeah. Who does who do the Phillies even have in their rotation? I mean, Noah Wheeler and and Nola, nobody. Eflin. That's about it. No lefties there, so that's all I can think of. Well, I remember they were pitching like that fucking dude Velasquez, and he's like Rangers. Ranger Suarez is a lefty. He's good. Yeah. Uh, Rodon could maybe be a fit in Philly, Evan. You said they've kind of been a disappointment spending money. I, I do have them spending money on somewhere on this list. Um, I do, oh, you I do? do. Oh. I do. Wow. Okay. I do. So we'll see. Um, well, we uh, we'll come back to Jason here. We'll go to Freddie Freeman now. Um, Newman, where do you have Freddie going? It has to be the Braves. If the Braves cannot bring back Freddie Freeman – Start some fucking riots in the streets. Come on. He just won you a World Series. You have to pay him. Come on. I've been seeing that the Braves have kind of been laying some groundwork to maybe replace him with uh, maybe Matt Olson. They checked into his market, which was interesting. I know Freeman's got interest from the Dodgers uh, in particular. God, wouldn't that be just a steal? I'm going to agree with Connor. I'm going to say Atlanta, but I don't know why. It just seems like it's trending in the direction to where he might leave, which is just crazy. Although Matt Olson would be a very good replacement regardless. Yeah, Matt Olson would be great. I'm going to say Atlanta as well. Sneaky, I hate I hate it, but the Yankees are a potential fit. I also like the Chicago Cubs. If they are making moves, obviously the whole they left trading Rizzo midseason, I think that's a pretty good fit. Um I can't really think of like another team where Freeman like is really a great fit. I can't either. I mean, it's got to be contender, right? It has to be a contender. What about? Uh, I don't know. What about the? I know they don't spend any money, but what about the Guardians? Like they're not <laughs> super far out of it. Obviously, with Jose Ramirez, he's a star. San Diego so Padres. Weird. The Padres got Hosmer Myers. She's like in Hosmer could be moved. Either of them could be moved. Yeah, but they their contracts are fucking awful though. 
I know, but you give something to get something. That's true. I don't know. All right, let's move on to Nick Castellanos. I'll go first. Uh, I have him to Philly. I had him there originally. Um, kind of seemed like before the lockout, Philly was getting into uh, deeper talks with him. So I'm going to stick with Philly. I'd love to be right on another one because I'm the fucking free agent <laughs> messiah. Uh, but we'll see here. Uh, Jason has rejoined us. So, Jason, let's get your picks real quick for Carlos Rodon and Freddie Freeman, and then we'll talk to Castellanos. Yeah, sorry about that. Everybody here has got the flu, so everything's, everything's crazy right now. But um, uh, who am I starting with? Carlos Rodon here? Yes. Yeah, I got him going to the Cubs, um, switching – switching uniforms in Chicago there. Um, I think it fits well. And yeah, um, I don't really have too much analysis. I just feel like it just makes sense. Um, yeah, Freddie Freeman, Freddie Freeman. I don't, <laughs> I don't see how he doesn't go back to the Braves, especially after like winning the world series, being like the guy for the Braves, like the face of the Braves. He's just, he has to go back to the Braves. He just has to. That's what we all said. Yeah. Um, do we do Castellanos yet or? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Um, I got him going to the Padres. I saw some rumors kind of connecting him to the Padres, and I think that um, it makes sense. He, I, I just, as much as I want to believe that he's coming to the Sox, I just don't quite see it happening. <clears throat> um, and, again, the Padres is, are who I've seen him linked to, and I think that it is very realistic. Um, so that's who I got Castellanos going to. Ev? Um, I'm going to go with the Giants. Um, Sticking with it? I'm going to stick with what I had. A lot of losses for the Giants. I mean, Gosman, that sucks. Posey, retirement, that sucks. You lost um, fucking Chris Bryant, likely to happen. So, for that team to obviously win north of 100 games last year, and I know they have a really aggressive front office. I know, like, they're their current like guy who's running the operations was with the Dodgers, like very smart guy, like really knows what's going on. I think he'd be willing to spend this money um, on a guy like Nick Castellanos, because quite frankly, you got to replace some of this offensive production. Scully, I'm going to agree with you, buddy. I'm going Phillies. Um, yeah. They don't, I don't think they have a left fielder on their roster. Um, and I think he fits in nice there. I have seen Padres as well. So I think that'd be a good choice. And Evan, you make a compelling case for the Red Sox, but I don't know if it's going to happen. So I'm going to stick with Philly. Uh, I think he's just a great fit there. Yeah, McCutcheon, a free agent for Philly. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, next on the list, Trevor Story. Another interesting one. Jason, where do you have Story landing? I mean, <laughs> I this one was tough because I feel like he's the best free agent on the market. And there's not really any teams that stand out to me. Better than as, Correa? Yeah. I definitely think stories better than Correa. <laughs> oh, no. Jason. I, I, think, I, I, I think that's a no-brainer. I think I don't think Correa is even a top five shortstop in the league. <laughs> oh, my. I don't like him, but gosh. Yeah. No, he's not. Um, anyways. Um, I I just don't see what team is going to go out and spend money for him. And he's like definitely not going back to the Rockies. So I can't just be like, oh, he'll go back to the Rockies. Um, maybe the Yankees, if the Yankees want to spend a ton of money, 
maybe the Red Sox, if the Red Sox want to go out and do that. Um, maybe I, I really can't pin him to one team right now. And I just feel like he hasn't really been rumored close to really a single team. So I, I don't really know where to go with that. Well, it's tough because like for a long time now, Trevor story, like once he was a free agent, the link was Texas. It was always story to Texas. And then see, uh, Semyon and Seager fall one, two, almost right away. And it's like, right. where the fuck story going now? Right. Um, I'm going to go with the Yankees just because when I don't know where a free agent's going to go, but Yankees is like the safe bet. Um, there I think they're seeing what everyone else is kind of doing. There's been a lot of like money spent within the American league this uh, off season so far, and none of it's really been from the Yankees. So I feel like they might just Cashman just might be like, Oh fuck. Like I got to go do something just to make up. Go ahead, Jason. I just thought of this. I'm, I have a wild card. Maybe the blue Jays. I was lost Marcus Semyon. Say that yeah. I was going to wait for Evan to be done. <laughs> I mean, wouldn't that yeah, be it's a perfect replacement? Society? Yeah, I mean, talk about like going out and really replacing a guy who's tough to replace. Uh, I like that one. Uh, I'll still say Yankees <clears throat> though, just because I think it's Cashman. And I I don't know. I don't know what Toronto would be willing to do, but that's an that's a really interesting one. Wow. Um. Well, if, if you say Correa is, is uh, not better than the story, I think I think Houston's going to upgrade. Um, oh. I'll stay sort of Houston. Um, Got to replace your shortstop if Correa leaves. So, I don't know. Like, like, like you guys have been saying, no place makes sense to me at this point. But Houston's going to need a shortstop. So, fuck it. Give him his six years, whatever he wants. I have Boston. I don't know. I feel like you can make a really strong case for it. Um, but a couple other sleeper teams that have come to mind while we've been having this discussion, Jason said Toronto, I think San Francisco is a possibility, especially if they're going to lose Brian Listella can play at not second base. So that would be a potential fit. Hmm. Uh, I also think Oakland could potentially be a fit. I know they don't spend a lot of money, um, but if they're going to trade Olsen, like maybe that makes some room to be able to pay story. So I think that's a potential fit as well. Like, Sometimes I feel like with these guys, you've been saying the Yankees are like a perfect spot, but it's always like a somewhat shitty team or like mediocre team that's like, oh, like we'll make one splash here. And that's where they end up, like somewhere you never expected. That's what I thought of the athletics. Well, the athletics are so weird because like they, they don't spend. And, they don't spend, which really obviously they really. But they did pay. spend at the deadline this year. Right. Obviously didn't work out for them, but. Um, they were a team that, like, we were talking about, obviously, before the season when we had Jason on. Like, this team was, like, going to be really good. And now they're talking about trading a top 20 hitter in baseball. Why, I don't know. I don't know what the hell they're doing there. <laughs> Doesn't make much it. sense. No. But I could see that. The last guy we have on our list here is Kyle Schwarber. Jason? Talks. Socks. Wow, that was socks. Bring them back, Ev. I'm gonna have to disagree with you, <laughs> unfortunately. I'm gonna. Well, I said Milwaukee, which did they bring in anybody or did they not? Renfro. Oh, okay. So that changes it then. Come back to me. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. All right, go ahead. 
I'm going socks. I mean, if if we don't keep him after the Renfro trade, I'm just going to be mad. So it has to be socks. Exactly. Uh, I'm going Washington. I think a return makes some sense. Um, obviously, they have plenty of money to spend now that Scherzer and Turner are gone. Obviously, outside of the Soto contract, they really don't have anybody that I see worth like investing large sums of cash into. So bring Schwarber back. He was really good with you. Uh, it makes sense. Um, Evan, you have one. Um, I feel like the Giants would make a lot of sense. Obviously, I have Castellanos going there, so I'm, I'm not going to pick them. Um, I feel like an AL team would probably make more sense than an NL team. Wouldn't it be something if it goes to the fucking Yankees or some crazy <laughs> shit like that? Yeah, Tampa. Um, Tampa. I'll go Phillies, even though Harper plays right. I think they would maybe shift something around there to make that work. Um, Chicago Cubs would make sense, a return there. Washington, like you said, Colin, would make sense. Um, I don't know, Boston. I I hope Boston, like honestly, because I don't want JBJ having to play at all. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have to see though. Uh, although, granted, we don't know when the fuck baseball is going to be back. So we could be we could be two months from now, and this pod's expired. Still waiting on this. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Um. So we've talked about some potential free agent deals coming up. Thought it would be fun to revisit the past. Uh, did a little research. I know the rest of you guys did as well. Um, so give me some of your best free agent contracts over the recent years. Uh, I have three. doesn't really matter how many you have, but Newman, would you like to share the ones you liked the most first? Yeah, you sent this out, and the first one that came to my mind was when the Mariners signed Nelson Cruz back in 2015 because he came to my team and he fucking raked. Um, came up a 40 home run year with the Orioles, and then we signed him four for 51, and everyone said it was a fucking terrible deal. And then he hit 160 homers while he was with us and had an OPS plus of like 150 or something like that. So I thought that was a steal. And then the Scherzer deal with the Nationals comes to mind. I think it was seven for 210. That was that turned out to be a fucking steal. So those are my two that I could think of. Newman hit those, like, those two are really good. Um, I also just think of, like, some, like, it seems like it's the veteran signings that, like, turn into championship rings. Like, that was a trend that I found a lot. Like, I saw, like, Matt Holiday with the Cardinals uh, in an article that I read. Um you know, Beltre to Texas, obviously they went to the world series against holidays Cardinals. Um, and that was a crazy world series. Um, but even like in recent times, like, I don't know. I also think of like the smaller term ones where it was just like, I don't know, high boom brings in um, Kike Hernandez, right? Like n- late in the off season and look at the impact that he made. So it varies from like a lot of money to complete, you know, superstars like Scherzer, and, uh, to guys, to veteran guys like Holiday and Beltre, but also then to guys like Kike Hernandez. I mean, it's just a matter of like kind of how it works and and if the shoe fits. Jason, you have any? Yeah, I have a few. Um, I just want to get this one in there real quick. The Red Sox signing Hunter Renfro last offseason, one of the best free agent deals of all time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta, I gotta say, um, Max Scherzer to the Nats was definitely one of the best ones. <clears throat> um, Another one, uh, Justin Verlander to the Astros, I think was good. Everybody after 
he was with Detroit was saying, oh, he's washed up. Like he's, he's not going to be anything good again. He kind of even struggled a little bit, gets to the Astros and they do whatever they do to make their pitchers good. And he came back to his Cy Young self and just dominated. And so that was a great one. Um, and one more that I wanted to throw in there that we can't really judge yet. We can judge a little later down the line. Ronald Acuna with the Braves, his extension, I think, could end up being a great one because they got him for eight years for just $12.5 million a year. And so if he comes back healthy and become, or plays as the superstar that we've kind of seen he can be, that's going to be just an incredible deal for the Braves. That's a great one. That is a great one. Do you think, um, I guess similar to that, um, Wander Franco's deal could be something like that? I don't know what the uh, AAV on his deal was, but it's got to be something. Like 18 and a half. 18 and a half. I mean, if he played against the Red Sox every game, then without a doubt, be a superstar. <laughs> Absolutely. A uh, couple deals I have. I had the Beltre both to Texas and the one-year deal with Boston. He was phenomenal that year. Um, another a vet signing that Evan kind of alluded to, Daniel Murphy, three years for $37.5 million. Uh, with the Washington Nationals in 2016. Fantastic deal. Was one of the key players in that World Series run. Really one of the best players in baseball in 2017 and 2018. So that's a great deal. What a playoff and, guy he is, real quick. I mean, remember the run with the Mets? I mean, he always just had a magical. knack for showing up in the moment. Absolutely. Uh, one other guy, kind of under the radar here. I picked it more for the value. Jose Abreu, six years for $68 million with the Chicago White Sox. Uh, he's won an MVP in those six years. He's been fucking an anchor for that lineup. Really has been there from the beginning of their turnaround to now back-to-back uh, -back AL Central Championships. So it's a great signing for the White Sox. That's a good right. one. Let's move. There are some great articles out there about this. Mm -hmm. Let's move on to... Uh, a, a kind of a fun question, a little bit of a shitty question, though. Would you rather be a Pirates fan or an Orioles fan? Newman. <laughs> I wish fucking none of the above was an option. Holy shit. Um, probably the Pirates because you get to see Garrett Cole for a couple of years, Chris Archer, and like you had Frazier and Reynolds until they decided to move Frazier. So they've had good pieces. I feel like the the fucking Orioles have just been perpetually bad and they really haven't had many great players come through the door. So I'd probably have to pick the pirates. Orioles had some very good years in the early 2010s. Yeah. yeah. But like the Orioles, man, they're never going to be good with in the AL East the way they are now. I'm going to actually say the Orioles. And I just remember, well, one of the reasons is you get Camden yards at least. So at the very least you get to go to a beautiful ballpark Granted, Pittsburgh's is nice too, but I don't think it's it's on that level. Um, Baltimore had like a, I think it was 2015 against Kansas City or Detroit. They they had like a good playoff team. I know Nelson Cruz was there. They had Adam Jones. You know they've had Machado. Um, you know Chris Davis at his prime. In his prime, that's a good one. So they were they were an exciting team for like a small window. Matt Weeders. Yeah, so there's, like, guys. And, uh, like I said, the ballpark there just being beautiful, I'd rather be a Royals fan. So, I feel like this is a no-brainer question for me, the Pirates by a landslide, um, <laughs> for a few reasons. Uh, first of all, I, I just hate the Orioles and, like, every – I hate their logo, I hate their colors, I hate their, their whole – I hate Baltimore, I hate all of it. 
Um, <laughs> and um, I, yeah, Camden Yards is nice. I feel like PNC Park is nicer. Um, and I mean, they got the whole pirate thing going on, raise the Jolly Roger. I think it's just a little bit more fun, a little bit more likable as a team, even if they are horrible at the sport. Um, and like, if we're talking about the past, yeah, the Orioles have had like better seasons, but I mean, the pirates still had the whole Andrew McCutcheon MVP phase. They had Garrett Cole. They've had some good players and some good moments and, I mean, they have Michael Chavis now, so there's that too. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm totally on the side that PNC is nicer than uh, Camden Yards. I think PNC is fucking gorgeous. Yep. Um, another player in there that – fuck, he's escaping me now. Oh, well, at least like during the McCutcheon run, they, they made some playoff pushes as well, no? 2013. I don't know I, for a year. <laughs> I feel like they played at least a couple of games in the playoffs. The, the wild card game. Uh, remember that uh, Schwarber hit a homer off Cole. Yes, the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Eric Cole. Uh, I'd probably pick the Pirates though. Um, next question. Uh, we talked about Rob Manfred and the MLB a little bit earlier in the episode. What's your? Are you taking over the over or under? on Rob Manfred being in the commissioner's office uh, for the next three years. You think he lasts longer or fewer than three? We'll go to, let's go to Evan first. Uh, No, he's not going to last hopefully much longer. I think he's trash. Uh, We've talked about him. Uh, Worst commissioner in sports, like by far, just like the the COVID-19 deal this season how it was kind of you know they were sus about it we we heard what Renfro had to say um the different baseball reports that came out um they, they've done some like really sus things with the baseballs like I, I don't know it, it's just it's really weird to me I think the dude's also wicked fucking unlikable um no charisma uh just no likability at all and I think he's really bad at his job, but he's the owner's best friend, it seems like. So that's the problem. I'll still say under three years, though. Uh, Newman? It's got to be under if I get my wish and he's gone. I, like, I'd, I'd honestly take fucking Roger Goodell, who has no knowledge of baseball. He just steps in and just takes his job. <laughs> and I hate Roger Goodell, but... Manfred's such a fucking joke. I know the owners love him, so I, it's going to be difficult to get him out of there, but I feel like for the good of the game, hopefully he's gone soon. I would love to say under. I really would. I hate Rob Manfred, but I have to go with over just because, like Evan said, he's the owner's best friend, and that's what it comes down to. Like The fans can hate him, but if the owners like him, then he's staying there, and I, I forget where it was, who said it, what, what it was at all. But I remember hearing something of someone explaining how Rob Manfred was actually like not doing horrible, especially in the owner's eyes. Um, so maybe like in the same way that there's some advanced analytics that tell the Rays that they should pull uh, Blake Snell in the playoffs. Maybe there's some stupid advanced analytics that tell the owners that they should keep Rob Manfred. Who knows <laughs> what they're cooking up over there. Um, but I just feel like, Baseball doesn't really do things that are good that make sense. And getting rid of Manfred is good and makes sense. So I feel like they won't do it. That was an amazing analogy there, Jason. 
Uh, I'm going to take the over as well. It just doesn't seem like there's like any real path to removing him anytime soon. He's young. The owners like him. And to Jason's point, maybe he isn't doing so bad. Uh, it just seems as though he's doing so shitty because everything he does is in favor of the owners and in opposition of the players. And as fans, you obviously tend to side with the players. So public right. perception of him could be far different from his actual ability to do the job. Mm-hmm. All right. Speaking of baseball, what's one thing that baseball needs to change, whether it be game length, season length, procedure, um, salary cap, anything, Jason. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's an endless list of things that I could um, come up with here. The first thing, kind of random, the first thing that came to mind is getting rid of Tropicana Field. I feel like that would do great things for the game. Um, I mean, it's just it's it's a it's a garbage can. I, w- I remember where I was watching the um, the Red Sox in the playoffs against the Rays with some friends who like never really watched baseball. And they're like, why is this stadium so ugly? And I'm like, yep, exactly. It's, it's the worst stadium ever. Um, if I never have to watch a baseball game played there again, it will increase my love for baseball even more. So, I mean, that's what <laughs> came to mind, and that's what I'm going to go with. <laughs> F. Oh, I mean, this is tough. I think, right, it's got to be giving an even playing field to every team, which is physically going to be impossible to change. But right. I mean, it's the the Los Angeles Dodgers. We've talked about it before the window for their success is open and it's going to be open for like the next 50 years, just because when you can spend that much money, you have such a huge competitive advantage when all the small market teams have to play money ball and try to, you know, make these smaller moves that like have to turn out to be perfect like the A's once did. So I think it's got to be making it easier for uh, all teams to be competitive, whether that be a hard cap, whether that be whatever. And then after the hard cap, it's the owner's choice, whatever funds they want to invest back into the team. But I mean, that's just the biggest glaring problem for me. That would be my real answer. I agree with that. I think there should also be a salary cap and even like a, a minimum, like you have to spend at least this much on your players. So you're not just like the pirates of the Orioles or, Whoever just way down here, just not spending anything like the NHL does it. I think the NHL is the best salary situation. Although the playoff bullshit is kind of shitty, huh, Newman? Oh, yeah. Fuck you. Um, yeah, hard cap would definitely be my answer. But outside of that, I want fucking robot umps. I want nothing more than to force Angel Hernandez to stand behind the plate and take fucking orders from some dude upstairs. That would make me so happy. <laughs> Because it just ruins games sometimes. You get down the ninth inning and some guy gets fucking called out on some bullshit call and it, it impacts the entire game. I want to take that out of the umpire's hands and into something more realistic or something that's not going to get it wrong. That's a good one, Newman. I, I have a far smaller one. It's just something that I've always thought, like game start times and specifically the playoffs. When you air baseball on national TV – and like an eight-year-old kid who loves baseball and loves to watch his favorite team, if they're in the World Series, like eight-year-olds go to bed at fucking 8 30, 9 o'clock. You're not seeing any of the game. Start the game at 6 30, 7 o'clock. Let the kid watch a few innings. Like it's how you grow the game. Uh, games ending fucking later than midnight is only good for college students and adults who don't care about their fucking jobs and stay up all night. Like <laughs> Other than that, nobody else is watching. It just doesn't make any logical sense 
if you're trying to market your sport, like market it in the most profitable way possible. Why are they, why'd they get rid of fucking Fox MLB Sundays? What happened to that? Like every Sunday, all summer, Fox airs a game on national TV at four o'clock with Joe Buck and uh, Tom Brennan, Brennan, but, but he's fucking canceled. Um, it's probably going to be um, Burkhart. Yeah. Burkhart. That's great. It's great to sit down on a Sunday when you got nothing to do and watch some baseball. Like, just fucking push the game a little more. Think about it a little more from a, a, a whole world standpoint, not just fucking MLB standpoint. It's a great take. I like that. I would also just respond to, to like Newman's point. Um, I agree that like some of the calls that are made in games today just should not happen. Right. But I, I also part of me likes how the game isn't so much automated and like, I don't know, Colin, like when we were younger, I always remember we would watch like all the ejections because that was just so fun. Like we had a ton of fun watching that and like all yeah, these like, managers just getting being hotheads at these umps and just screaming at them. Like we've kind of gone away from that. And that's like one of my also like favorite parts of the game, like obviously like home runs, number one. Um, but like up there for sure has to be managers getting thrown out of games it's just so fun to watch and it's like we've become already so automated to where it's like you know now you have challenges now you have all this stuff um where it's like that isn't a big part of the game anymore which i personally enjoy there's a thing though maybe you could expand the challenges but i'm sure the giants fans who their season ended on that check swing would love to uh have some automated umpiring yeah and i think it's also in the situation right i mean for that game to end that way I think we're there's going to be someone in New York calling the umpire crew telling you, you got it wrong. Just like the NFL does. And that's reverse. And he gets back in the batter's box. Right. And I think it's like, we know what the NHL does. Granted, it's a completely different situation, but a goal goes in the net and then the, um, like the, um, or sorry, the ref, the ref misses it says no goal. You get that like, horn that goes off in the arena granted you can't do that for like every bad call right but like especially in a playoffs like on a call like that like that should be something that gets looked at because i totally agree with you newman it shouldn't have ended like that in any year regardless it was a joke absolutely all right i got one question left for you guys and we'll wrap it up we're probably inching upon an hour now uh so would you rather as a fan go through five years of horrible losses for one playoff appearance, a long, deep run, a potential World Series title, or would you rather lose in the wild card game five straight years? We'll go to Newman, since you probably experienced this as a Mariners fan. I, yeah, as a Mariners fan and as a Lightning fan, it sees their team losing the playoffs quite a lot. I honestly would take the five shitty years for one deep run. Like, Having being a diehard Mariners fan and watching us be shit every year, and then to have us be in the playoff hunt in game 162 this past season, it was so awesome to like set up a quad box with all the teams and watch the Mariners get absolutely dick slapped by the Angels. But, um, I would, yeah, I would take that for one World Series run, um, break the playoff drought. That'd be awesome. Um, I'd have to agree with you, um, kind of for different reasons. Obviously, being a fan of, like, the Bruins, the Celtics, the Patriots, uh, usually one of those – one or two of those teams is always super good where it's like, you know, you don't really have to worry about, like, you know, if the Red Sox suck for five years, 
I don't really care because the Pats are doing well. The Bruins are doing well. Uh, the Celtics, whatever. Who really cares about them? But, like, you get the point. Um, so I think I could get through five years of that for a one deep playoff run that would just, like, bring a lot of electricity to the city of Boston. See, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to go with the, the five straight uh, wild card losses just because then each year you still have a good team. So the season's still fun to watch. Um, and I mean, yeah, it'd be great to make a great playoff run, win the World Series, whatever, one year. Um, but the other four years where you're just a horrible team and not winning games, the season's not going to be fun. So, like, I think back to 2020 when the Red Sox were just garbage, it, I did not enjoy watching those games. And I'd much rather enjoy watching 162 games and have the, the hope of a playoff run, um, even if we lose, just to kind of – because it's fun. Because then you have five years of, like – it's not five years of winning the World Series, but still five years of fun baseball and fun um, – like, fun summer nights watching the Red Sox, stuff like that, instead of – crying in your living room because the Red Sox just gave up 18 runs to the Blue Jays or something like that and <laughs> lost their seventh straight game. Yeah, I agree with Jason. Like, think about it. I didn't watch a single fucking Red Sox game in 2020. Exactly. Because they were so fucking bad. They didn't th- – I didn't know one bullpen picture. Like, it was unrecognizable for Red Sox baseball. I could never give up, even just wild card losses. Like, I'm not – if the, if the Red Sox are that bad, I simply don't like baseball anymore, or I don't watch baseball, and that's that. I would much rather watch baseball that, yeah, may be heartbreaking in the end, but throughout is thoroughly entertaining, and I enjoy watching for five years than one amazing run and four years where I just don't watch baseball. It's reasonable. Yeah, it's, reasonable. it's a good question. Uh, all right, that's all I got, guys. You guys have anything else you want to add? Obviously, Jason, uh, plug your podcast. Anything else you'd like to plug real quick? Yeah, I mean, follow Red Sox underscore dugout on Instagram. Um, I'll have plenty of off-season coverage whenever <laughs> the lockout ends and stuff actually starts happening again. Um, if the lockout gets really bad, I might just start posting random stuff. So look for that. And then, of course, listen to the podcast in the dugout podcast on Spotify. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, wherever you want to find your podcast, it's there. Um, yeah, and thanks again for having me on, guys. Anytime. It was fun. Hope you enjoyed it. I know we did. Uh, so to the listeners, we'll see you next week. And, boys, catch you later. Later. Put your tears away. Ain't no fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. But you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one who accepts